Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm stoked today to have Brandon Muller on the phone. Uh, Brandon is the GM at Montana Distillers out in Crested Butte, Colorado. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we had Karen Hoskin, uh, owner of Montana, on earlier this year. Uh, Renee Newton actually was just on the bar manager, and Brandon is the GM there. And he's actually uh, he's out and about today. He's a couple hours from Crested Butte because a small incredible town like that with all of its uh amazing attributes they don't have big box stores so if you got to go to home depot you drive a couple hours so brandon's out in montrose colorado today doing some errands and was kind enough to take some time so thank you brandon very much yes yeah nice to be with you yeah man okay so uh so you're the gm there i want to talk in a minute about what that means but take me back a little bit and tell me about how you how long have you been in the hospitality business and where did you get started and why um i've been in restaurant industry my whole life uh, my parents owned some restaurants back in new jersey where i grew up um so i was kind of brought up cooking and serving and dishwashing and just doing all of it watched my father run a business and saw how ins and outs of it and how it works and kind of fell in love with the industry. Um, I ended up going to college out in Pennsylvania for something completely different. I went for criminal justice. Oh, wow. Um, but I ended up falling back into the restaurant world because uh, I just wasn't happy doing that um, and have found, have found some joy in being involved in the service industry and doing what we do out there in Crested Butte has been a lot of fun. How long have you been in Crested Butte? Uh, I've been in Crested Butte a little over five years, and I've been with Montani Distillers for three of those years. I just uh, just had my three-year anniversary there in August. Congrats, man. What 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 brought you out there initially? Skiing? Uh, mostly lifestyle choices, yeah. skiing, um, small mountain town, getting away from the big city, and uh, just trying to be in an area where I had access to nature and national forest right out my back door and skiing and mountain biking and all those fun things that come with it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. I know, man. Uh, so you've been there five years. You've been with Montana for three. How did you get dialed in with, with, uh, that awesome, awesome crew that you have there at Montana? Um, I always kind of wanted to work there. I was at a different bar for the first two years, uh, doing some cooking and bartending, a little bit of everything at a bar across the street. And uh, I just happened to know the woman who was running the kitchen at that time, who was our kitchen manager, uh, Bree, and she kind of stole me away and took me over there, and I've been there ever since. What, uh, what, um, what do you love the most about hospitality business you've been at it a long time you've grown up in it so what do you like most about it something drew you back for Um, sure yeah especially at a place a place like montanas is where i'm definitely more happy because we're putting out a quality product um so really really good food that we make from scratch um and obviously awesome uh you know rum and everything's handcrafted fresh wheeze cocktails um, you know, the craft distilling, craft food, craft drink industry um, has just been a joy to work in um, to see the looks on people's faces. 
to kind of get something that they only expect in a big city when they're in a little town like Crested Butte is always a joy. Um, you know, people coming up and complimenting you and shaking your hand, taking pictures of your food and drinks and just making it a whole experience that everyone enjoys and, um, you know, you know they're going to come back. So that's always fun. Um, the bar I was at before that was a little different where it was more of a late night bar, kind of cracking beers and sliding them across the table, which is also fun, but it's a totally different world. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the joy for me is just being able to have some pride in what I do and make, make a good quality product that people are going to enjoy and talk about. Well, y'all, y'all definitely can be proud of what you, uh, what you produce here. I know, um, do you, so as a GM, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but GM is always a fascinating job to me because you have to wear so many hats. So what are the main, main things you do on a daily basis outside of putting out fires and dealing with <laughs> stuff you didn't plan for? Um, well, I'm not, a, I don't have a typical general manager job because I, I also work shit like actual shifts. So I work shifts on the line cooking. Okay. Uh, we don't have a kitchen manager, so I run the kitchen. Um, I also uh, like to do bartending shifts uh, when I can once or twice a week on top of all of the other responsibilities. Um, so uh, for me as the GM, I kind of am a kitchen manager, a general manager that oversees the whole um, operation and bar in the tasting room. Um, you said you had talked with Renee. She's one of uh, the bar managers. Um, I have two other bar managers that also help me kind of run the front of the house operations. Um, but I deal with the scheduling and the payroll, um, the food orders, coming up with new cocktail ideas for we change our menu every season. Uh, we also do, um, you know, different specials every day. We try to use as much uh, local local products as we can get, especially in the summertime when we have a lot of good farms around us. Um, so I deal with sorting the things like that, and um, yeah, and then just general upkeep of the restaurant. It's a lot going on, man. You got to be an organized dude to manage all that, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been a learning experience. It's, I've I've managed a couple different kitchens before, but this is my first job, kind of running the whole show. So it's it's definitely been a learning experience, but. Um, you know, over the years, I have a really good team and a really supportive um, owners who help me get through the hard times. And then we have our off seasons where we kind of get to recover and relax a little bit and, uh, you know, recharge for the next upcoming season. Tell me about your owners. I mean, I know Karen. I've spoken to Karen. I have a lot of admiration for her. I don't know Bryce, but um, folks, Karen and Bryce are a married couple that started Montana. So what have you learned from them, and what do you what do you uh, enjoy most about being a part of their organization? Um, well, you know, one thing I really like about Karen is that uh, she's very – she treats her staff really well, and she really cares that her employees are making uh, livable – livable wage and that they're being taken care of um, and also that we have enough time to enjoy the beautiful place that we live because most of us moved there to go out and have fun and go skiing and you know go hiking and camping and stuff like that so she has really really been good at making sure that everyone has a little bit of sanity and health in a really busy um, type of environment where a lot of times things like that get overlooked um 
she's also just amazing at building brands and mm. seeing how she is able to, um, you know, start a small company in Silverton, Colorado, 10 years ago to what it's become today. Um, you know, just watching her interact with, um, you know, other people, journalists, other owners, um, you know, different competitions that we enter. She's always traveling. She's always all over the country promoting our rum. And, um, you know, that's, she just is an extremely hard worker. And it's just been really interesting to see how she does everything. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of employees in our tasting room don't see her too much because she's traveling and doing all these behind the scene things and they don't realize how much she really does, but she, um, she's just such a hard worker and has been, um, I've learned a lot from her and her husband too, who's just super creative and, uh, very talented at coming up with new ideas and working on, he's always tinkering in his little lab with different types of things and just very interesting people who never stop working and are always trying to push it further. So it's nice to see that. Yes, inspiring, I'm sure, and then it's good to be, uh, they lead by example, and it's good to be a part of a, a, a team of people that um, has a big picture view on work-life balance, especially in a place like that, like you said, but that probably brings up, you said you manage scheduling, that probably brings up some challenges with that, I would guess, with just trying to accommodate everybody's needs, especially when you all have snow days, man. How do you handle that? <laughs> uh, we do have a... Uh, powder day policy. So if it snows more than seven inches overnight, we open up a little late. Nice. Uh, we'll open up at three instead of at 11, give everyone the day to go have fun. We didn't have too many of them last year because we had a pretty bad winter out here, not a lot of snow. Um, but we're hoping it's going to be different this year. (laughs) Yeah. The weather patterns are shaping up maybe a little better for y'all. Hopefully. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Well, that seems to me like a really, um, Look, I mean, it's a it's a tough business, and it's tough. I mean, one thing that every owner tells me uh, on this podcast when I ask about some of their biggest challenges, they always say, without fail, they say finding and keeping good people. And, um, you know, if yeah. you have uh, – but if you respect the what people are there to do for work and then what they want to do outside of work and what their interests are, and especially somewhere like Crested Butte where everybody's there to do things outside and – enjoy life right. and have good balance and that's uh i'm going to assume that helps you all with both finding really good people and then keeping those people on a little longer is that fair yeah and one of the unique things about our setup that's a little different than most restaurants is that we also are uh producing and distributing our rum yeah so um there's a lot of restaurants in uh our town that'll close for the off season for two or three months at a time um, some restaurants are closed four months out of the year. So it's really hard to keep uh, full-time year-round staff when you're closed that long. Mm. Um, we're lucky enough where we don't shut down. We have the distribution to help support us through the off-season. And that allows us to keep some more full-time year-round employees afloat. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of good perks there, like uh, ski passes and, you know, free shift drinks and food and things like that, that we would make sure everyone um, feels like they're, they're taken care of and not, they're not just another person. They're, you know, a part of a team with us. So um, we just really like to keep that an important part of how we do business. And that's allowed us to keep a pretty solid 
knowledgeable um, staff that we've been able to retain for years at a time with some people, so which is rare in this industry. It is. It is. Well, you've been uh, you've been in the in the industry in and around it for a long time, man. Like, what are some of the things that you think that uh, where you that people miss on in the hospitality business? They get into it, they think, "Ah, oh, that looks like a cool thing. I could do that too." But what are some of the things you you see people miss? Do they do they not recognize how hard it is or what goes on, you know, behind the scenes or, um, any, any things you would tell people that are young that are wanting to get into the business? Um, I just, you know, depending on what type of restaurant you're in, I mean, it's pretty broad, uh, spectrum, but I would say, you know, you have to realize that it's going to be long hours and you're going to be working, uh, on weekends and holidays when most of the rest of the country isn't. And, you know, you have to adjust to that and, like we just talked about, retaining good staff is is very important. You need to have people there that you can trust, and you know they know what they're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the bottom line too. A lot of people who have money, they're like, "Oh, we're going to open up a restaurant," and probably seventy percent of them fail because they don't understand the business side of it and understanding, you know, that you're there to make a profit, and uh, you need to, you know, you can't just having your friends come in and giving them away drinks and you know things like that you yeah. need to really watch your bottom line um and just also just staying fresh and new i think is important a lot of places get caught up in just that they have one menu and they they rock out that same menu for years at a time which is really good if you nailed your menu but a lot of people like to you know especially in a smaller town where there's not a lot of choices to go out nice to have like a fresh new seasonal menu where you're using fresh local ingredients and you know you're changing changing up your food plates changing up your drinks and just keeping it new for everybody and uh i think that that's one of the most exciting things for me is is creating being able to create cocktails being able to create new dishes and just you know seeing how people react to them and what they think about your your ideas so it's, it's nice to have that creativity and I think that it's important not to lose that no matter how hard you're working. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and you guys are constantly being creative and on your toes and not resting on your laurels, which is I'm sure a big part of the success. Um, well, uh, one more thing I'm curious about is, uh, it's been on my mind a lot lately too. And and I, I hear a lot of owners talk about this. So they talk about finding and keeping good people. And then they talk about, um, building you know relationships with regulars and um you know building a a larger and larger base of regular customers and giving them reasons to come back for more is that something you guys are working on a lot as well yeah we've been lucky to have a really good local crowd Uh, i feel like for the most part the people in that town love us um and even though we've grown to be more of a company that has reached a more of a national audience at this point where we're in 40-plus states uh, distribution-wise, um, just as a restaurant alone. Um, I think that we've done a really good job running local deals in the off-season, getting people in the door. We've been really getting a more younger crowd, too, which is nice, because in the past, um, you know, it's kind of hard to push a, a $12 or $13 cocktail to a 20-something-year-old uh, <laughs> yeah. in a ski town. Yeah. Um, but we've really done a good job at, uh, at getting those people in the door too. And we have a lot of return customers who come in on a weekly 
or daily basis, and they know what they like, and they come in and they they like our rum. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's really important to build a local base, especially in a place like that where you need to rely on your um, on your town and your friends and your family and the locals to come in and 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 give you that business in the off season. Um, it's not the same as being in a big city where people are just going to flow in and flow out. You might never see them again. Um, so we do really try to work on building that rapport with the locals. And I think we've done a really good job at that over the past couple of years. Wait, how many states did you say that you're selling your rum in? Um, don't quote me on this, but I think we're in 46 states and six or seven countries now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought, for, yeah. What, do you know what states you're not in and why? <laughs> um, we're not in like Pennsylvania, any, any place that has state stores, I feel like we're mainly not in because uh, you have to supply like any like state run liquor stores. Um, so there's a couple like that. I can't think off the top of my head. I know Pennsylvania is one of them. Oh, you're probably um, not here in North Carolina then. Utah, because we I don't think we're in Utah. Yeah. I don't think we're in North Carolina quite yeah. yet. Okay. Um, we're just getting into New Jersey and New York now, nice. which are pretty big markets. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I say we're in those states, we're not, um, we're, avail- we're available to be purchased in that state, but we might not be in every single store. We might be in a couple of the bars. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Stores, yeah, know? but that's yeah. just, uh, that's still, you, you, you're there, you got a, you got a, a toe in the water in those places, so it'll only grow from there. So that's really cool, man. Yeah. Hey, well listen, okay, so you drove a couple hours to go to Montrose to take care of some stuff today, so I'm going <laughs> to let you roll, but, um. Particularly in light of that, man, I cannot thank you enough uh, for taking the time to do this, and I really appreciate it. And you guys are awesome. Um, we love uh, love what y'all are doing, and just appreciate the opportunity to catch up with you very much, Brandon. Yeah, great. It's been it's been really nice talking to you. Um, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Take care. Travel safe, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Will. All right. Take care. Bye.